Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the episode today, number 172, Jesus Smart, the podcast, Brian Del Turco. My heart is a little heavy today, if I could be honest with you. Sort of want to take you behind the scenes on what I think may be a fresh word from the Lord that he spoke to me out of Isaiah 58. And it's one of these things that I know I'm going to have to lean into, pray into. I'm going to have to put it in the oven and, you know, let it bake. This is not a microwave issue. Before I get to that, I won't be too long today. Uh, We're going to be talking about, could this be a reason that our prayers are not answered? I want to encourage you to go back to episode 171 with Stephen Lauterbach, former metalhead. Well, I think at heart, he still is a metalhead. This theme that he's carrying in his life of standing before kings, if you excel in your work, you will stand before kings. It comes out of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. I think you'll enjoy that conversation. He has has a beautiful young family now. Just has some great thoughts on that topic, episode 171. Well, could there be a reason why our prayers are not answered? And I think there can be. For example, James says in James chapter four, that you pray and you do not receive because you ask amiss or you miss the mark in your prayer. So it is possible to pray for something and to ask amiss and for it not to be answered. He seems to go on to say there that when you seek your own pleasure, you know, if you're just praying merely to seek your own pleasure, to get an answer or a breakthrough to satisfy your own pleasure, which tends to lead to committing, quote, adultery with the world, he says there in James 4. James is pretty strong, and actually, the Bible is pretty strong, if we're going to be honest. And God and Jesus is pretty strong as he coaches us up. I do believe what John Eldred says, there is a way that things work in God's design, and that applies to prayer. Now, let me ask a question or posit an idea. I don't believe that prayer is something that we can put into a box. I don't think that we can pray and say things in faith and even prophesy without it being connected to other deeper foundational issues. It's just not a transaction that we can put in a box. Like, you, I don't know, you write a check as a transaction or you swipe your debit card. That's a transaction. And it just happens. It's sort of technical. I don't believe that prayer is like that. I don't believe it's formulaic. I don't think it's divorced from what's happening in our heart. Okay. And it says in the scripture that the foundation of God's throne is built upon righteousness and justice. And so if we're going to approach the throne of grace, as it says in Hebrews, that we may receive help in time of need. That throne is sitting on top of justice and righteousness, infinite justice, justice that we can't even understand and appraise right now, and infinite righteousness, pure, infinite righteousness and justice. That is the foundation of God's throne. So as we approach him, if we're looking for a decision from the Lord or a rendering of justice, you know, Jesus talked about the widow in Luke 18, who came before the unrighteous judge, and he puts forth that story as a picture of prayer. How much more will the elect, if we come before the righteous judge, how much more will he 
execute justice on our behalf. That is answered prayer. Concludes that story by saying, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, it says in Isaiah, and I have no notes here. I'm just going straight out of the book, straight out of the text, okay? Isaiah 58, and I'm inviting you to come along with me on this. Even reflect back to me, correspond with me, comment on a podcast app or email me. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression. They seek me daily and they delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. The New American says they ask me for just decisions, I believe. And they take delight in approaching God. And then they say, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? So they're fasting, they're praying, and they're not getting an answer. They're not getting a breakthrough. Why? Well, there's a way that things work. And prayer and belief is not divorced from justice issues righteousness issues, and what I'm going to call the God ethic. And listen, I am, the reason I'm feeling a little heavy right now is I am personally challenged in this. And I understand that if I'm going to ignite the oven on this, that it's going to take a little bit of time to break this through in my life. If I'm being called to a higher level of the God ethic or the Jesus ethic, upon which prayer rests and the exercise of our faith rests. I know through the law of seed time and harvest, that's, I need to pursue it. I need to cultivate that. It's going to take a little bit of time. There is no microwave application here. Well, what does God say? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and you're exploiting people. You're exploiting your laborers and you're fasting for strife. And for debate, is it possible to pray and to fast for strife and debate? Apparently so. To strike with the fist of wickedness. And and God says in verse 5, Is it a fast that I have chosen just a day for you to afflict your soul and to bow down your head and to spread out the sackcloth and ashes? Do you call this a fast, God says, and an acceptable day to the Lord? Well, the inference is that in God's view, it's really not a true fast, and it's really not acceptable to him. That's just a hard saying there, but Jesus loves us. He's given everything for us. Everything is via his grace, but he does coach us up. He does expect fruitfulness. And now in verse six, notice the pivot. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? God says, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, that we share our bread with the hungry, that we bring to the house the poor who are cast out. When we see the naked, we cover them, and we don't hide ourselves from our own flesh. James picks up on this in chapter 2 of his book in the New Testament, that faith without works is dead. And it's clear there in James 2, he's talking about the works of ministering to the poor, clothing people, feeding people, not ignoring them. It's impossible in Jesus' view for us to have faith 
apart from the Jesus ethic. And the scriptures, if we're honest, Old and New Testaments are replete with this ethic about the poor, the widow, the oppressed, those who need to be delivered from the yoke. Now, God says in verse 8 that when we do this, our light will then break forth like the morning, our healing will spring forth speedily, and our righteousness shall go before us. Here it comes. Here come the answers. Here comes the breakthrough. Here comes the new levels that we're aspiring to in the Lord and in faith. The glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. We will call out and the Lord will answer. We will cry and he will say, hey, I'm right here. If you take away the yoke from your midst the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness. Notice in our culture, and even, unfortunately, in the church, the pointing of the finger that happens, the speaking of wickedness, divisions, schisms, accusatory attitudes, right? Jesus says, well, the Lord says in verse 10, if you extend your soul to the hungry, so the extension of our life essence, our soul to the hungry, satisfying the afflicted soul, Then our light will dawn in the darkness. Our darkness will be like the noonday. Do you need the switch to be thrown? Are you in darkness and gloom right now? That word could be translated. And do you need a binary switch to just boom, all of a sudden it's noon? God is saying that if we extend our souls, if we satisfy the afflicted, that that's what will happen. Our darkness will become as the noonday. The Lord will guide us continually and satisfy our soul in drought. He will strengthen our bones, man. This is like homeostasis, shalom, perfect well-being in our physicality, in our psychology, in our spirituality. He will be, we will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And notice verse 12, those from among you now will build up the old waste places and you will raise up the foundations of many generations. Do you have a heart to raise up the foundations to repair the breach of primal, pristine Christ-following Christianity? In that first generation, the power, the life, the healing, the deliverance, the provision, they shook the world. It said of them when they came to a city, those who have shaken the world or turned the world upside down have come to our city. And the kingdom of God is upside down from this world system, to be sure. It's really a righting of the ship, but it's really a correction of how things need to be according to higher design. But the way the world looks at it is that they've turned it upside down. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. My friend, do our streets need to be restored? Rioting, hatred, murder, sexual trafficking carjacking, elderly people being slugged by youth, just dropped to the streets. Do our streets need to be restored? Prostitution, stealing kids. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I want to say, here's the hard word to me, and I'm talking to me, and I'm just inviting you to come behind the scenes And as I've said, I think when the Lord gives us a new challenge, it takes some time for it to really penetrate deep into our inner man, for us to really pray it through and begin to move out in new prayer-born 
activity, i.e. change. That is repentance, a changing of the view, a changing of our mind, leading to a change in lifestyle and action. Could it be, as they said here in Isaiah 58, why have we fasted and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? Let me give you the cliff notes from the rest of Isaiah 58. I'll try to say it right now. God is saying, because you're not aligned with my ethic, you're not aligned with justice and righteousness. You're trying to pursue prayer and exercise your personal faith in a way that is selfish. You're seeking your own pleasure. It's not resting upon the ethic that is dear to my heart. And it is a I'm I'm feeling, my friend, please hear me. I'm feeling that it is a dangerous thing to undervalue, to underappreciate the ethic of Jesus as it relates to the widow, to the poor, to those who are oppressed and under a yoke. And we go on and try to process our faith in a personal way, a selfish way, without engaging. It starts with our families. It starts with our extended family. It says in Isaiah 58, don't hide yourself from your own flesh. If you have ruptured relationships that you need to be nurturing and supporting and giving back into, please do it. Because those issues will short circuit your faith and there will be an accounting and a a rendering of these issues. The world at large around us, if God has told you to do something about sex trafficking, do it. Even if it's just giving five or $10 a month, do it. If he told you to become connected in some third world nation through some organization to do micro lending, to help start small businesses, do it. The Bible says that when we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord and the Lord will repay. We want God as our paymaster, don't we? I'm all for investments. I'm all for cryptocurrency. I'm all for starting a business and building an increasing value and profiting from it. One of the best ways, one of the highest ways tied to the ethic of Jesus that we can invest is to invest in the poor. When you give to the poor, the Lord will repay. I am just really feeling that strong right now. And I don't know, in America, in your nation right now, if you've been involved in prayer movements and prayer currents, and there hasn't seemed to be a answer to those prayers, there hasn't seemed to be a breakthrough for what you and many, 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 many people were believing for, let's say. Maybe you're part of a church and you're praying for, for something, or you're in your family praying with your spouse or your kids and believing, listen, this is not divorced from the foundation of God's throne, which is righteousness and justice. It is not divorced from the ethic of Jesus Christ. Please don't underestimate the ethic of Jesus Christ. Don't be blinded to it. Don't ignore it. Don't neglect it because there will be a rendering. There will be an accounting. There will be an appraisal. We will all stand before that Bema seat, that judgment seat, not with our girlfriend or boyfriend, not with our spouse holding their hand, not with a little group, not with your small group, not with your team. It's all individual at that point, and we will be 
appraised by the Lord. It's not a legalism thing. Listen, Jesus has given everything to redeem us. A second member of the Godhead came to the earth in human flesh and gave it all for us. He will receive the rewards of his inheritance. He will coach us up. He has invited us to be his friends in his enterprise. But there is an ethic to this. There is righteousness. There is consecration. And I'm just sensing that this may be one of the main reasons why prayers are not answered and fasting has no results. But I'm inviting you with me behind the scenes. I'm just inviting you because I see myself now when something, I feel like this is a continuum. I feel like I've been invited into a process of getting deeper understanding and revelation on this and appropriating this in faith and changing, pivoting, and doing some things differently. And let's see if this is true or not. Let's see. By the way, the very last verse of Isaiah 58 Well, look at verse 14, which is the very last verse. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. That's the New King James. The New American translates it as the heights of the earth. God is saying, I will cause you to ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. And notice the last phrase, the mouth of of the Lord has spoken. This is settled truth. There is no questioning of this. It is settled revelation. When the Lord's mouth says something, it is set. Well, Father, we agree together right now. May we always be in a posture, a sentiment of being open to change and transformation in you, Jesus, to repentance change our point of view, change our mind, change the deeds of our hands, the deeds of our feet, our action in this world. Faith without works is dead, just as the body without the spirit is dead, James 2. Using Abraham as a model, James says that faith was perfected by the works. So, Father, show us the works. We've been recreated in you, Ephesians 2.10, to walk in those good works that you have prepared for us to walk in. We welcome your hand hot and heavy on us, God. Never let your hand be light on us, Lord. We invite your hand on us like the potter's will. And we will, we will, we will flow. We will adjust to the contours and the shapes that you want to bring out in our life. Thank you, God. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I I just pray for a spirit of wisdom, revelation, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would break across our inner man like lightning. Break across our inner spirit like lightning. Light us up with who you are, with what you're looking for, with what your heart is. And may we just walk with you, God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. I invite you into the process with me. Go to the website, jesusmart.com. There's a contact page if you want to communicate with me. It goes right to my inbox. Leave a comment on the podcast listening option that you're listening to. 
reach out to me if you want to. Is there anybody you know that you think would resonate with this? Would you share it with them? I appreciate it. And as always, like reviews and uh, five stars and things on apps, all it really does is it encourages the algorithm on that app to put the content for more people. So if you're interested in helping to do that, that's appreciated. All right. I appreciate you. Jesus is brilliant. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay.